The gospel lesson for this morning comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37. Listen now to a word from the Lord. This portion comes from a teaching of Jesus, just a little insight before we get here. There are about four teachings in a row. The first one is a teaching on anger, then one on divorce, and then one on adultery. And then Jesus has this teaching on the power of vows. So now listen to a word from the Lord. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows that you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The two coat racks from the 1928 building had to be completely refurbished and then reinstalled. So now outside of Montgomery Hall, there's a bit of old wood contrasting with the crisp, fresh paint in the Jones building. Inside Montgomery Hall, Keith and Jesse were planning their next project. Out of sight, but not out of earshot, and in the servery, Faye and Maymay, who are sisters, were laughing. The Tuesday's men's breakfast was finished, and once again they were having their debate over which is more powerful to attract a crowd. A healthy biblical discussion or a plate of bacon? As is usually the answer, both, everything is better with bacon, unless you're a vegetarian. An answer that surely gets the enthusiastic response of our kitchen. We, however, we were sitting in that in-between space. Maintenance was on one side of us and the cooks were on the other side. And we were reclined on the hallway floor, our backs against the wall. And we could see the faces of hundreds of our flock in four by six, five by five, and five by seven photographs from a year in the life of Idlewild. Taking shape on the wall was a telling of our church's journey of faith over the past year. It was, and it is, an interactive art exhibit. exhibit. It has yet to find a title, but maybe it is This Is Us. The next time you are passing through that hallway, I'd pray that you would pause and that you'd look in one of those mirror fragments on the wall and make yourself part of the journey. This wall upon which our backs were resting was cool, but it was solid. Howard Thurman, a theologian often critical of the institutional church, wondered what was the word that the religion of Jesus that the institutional church purported 
would say to the man who had his back against the wall. And Thurman is quoted as saying, I think what we need to do is we don't need to ask what the world needs, but we need to ask what makes you come alive. And then we need to go and do that because what the world needs is a people who have come alive. We were sitting there in that in-between, but what we knew is that we were working with trees and vines. And we wondered what scripture would best support a visual metaphor, a visual metaphor of life that grows and flows from the word of God. We were thinking, what scripture says it best? Like, you know, trees, we are like trees and vines that reach and stretch out. And we, we have a canopy that people can hide under the shade. And, and God grows God's grace in us. Because we knew that in February, which it is February, we were going to be creating a new exhibit. A welcoming and ascending in and out of the children's nursery. And instead of one of those prepackaged, laminated welcome signs, what we wanted was for the family of infants to know that Christian formation, it starts very early at Idlewild. And one of those first marks of formation is our faith and in baptism. So we wanted to create, call it a milestone, a very visual milestone a reminder for families as they come into the nursery and as they live, leave, that they and their children have been welcomed into this broader family of faith and that they and that we have marked this milestone with significant promises, promises that are grounded in the word of God, promises that we all sing about together, promises that we hear about in scripture. So we started bantering back and forth some scripture verses to use. I am the vine and you are the branches, right? That's a great one. Eh, it's overused. Then how about this one? The field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. Eh, too many words. And then there's that one that we hear all the time. For everything, there is a season and a matter for every matter under heaven. I said it wrong. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And we went, eh, again, overused. So wanting to dig a little deeper, we did what we do in the 21st century. We Googled scripture for trees and vines. And two verses from Ezekiel 17 came to the top of the screen. Now, I don't know if they were sponsored by the highest bidder for search engine optimization. You know, that's SEO for those of you who are taking notes. But the Ezekiel passage, verses 5 and 6, got five stars. These are verses 5 and 6. Then he took a seed from the land and he placed it in the fertile soil, a plant by abundant waters, and he set it like a willow twig 
It sprouted and it became a vine spreading out but low, and its branches turned toward him, and its roots remained where it stood. So it became a vine. It brought forth branches, and it put forth foliage. These, these verses, verses 5 and 6 that had those five stars, well, they are absolutely lovely read out of context. Seed in a fertile soil, a plant by abundant waters spreading out. Yet, when you read verses 5 and 6 in the greater scope of Ezekiel 17, you quickly learn that these two verses are like another prophecy in Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones. So in the 6th century BC, Jerusalem is destroyed. Leaders and people are subject to great horrors. The temple is destroyed and burned. The people are dispersed, some to Babylon, others to Egypt, and some even stay behind in Judah, a small and defeated band of God's chosen people. So these two five-star verses out of Ezekiel, verses 5 and 6, they are allegorical poems about two eagles and cedar tree clippings that turn into vines. But what these two verses describe are the political maneuvering among kings and the eventual exile of the people of God. Their hidden meaning, their message, reveals God's response to manipulative leadership and broken promises. Their hidden meaning, their message, is about what happens when people who are grounded in God, when people come untethered and they get lost in exile, an exile of apostasy or apathy. So God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to these people, and this is what Ezekiel says a little bit further in verse 9. Because he despised the oath and broke the covenant, he shall not escape. All the pick of his troops, they shall fall by the sword, and the survivors shall be scattered to every wind. And then you shall know that I, I the Lord, have spoken. So these words, these were not words of welcome nor the words of promises and commitments to faith formation that we had envisioned for the wall of the nursery. But it did seem this trip through Ezekiel 17 like a summary of the human condition, wanting so much to stay connected to God and so confident that we know the way. We make commitments to ourselves, we make commitments to each other, we make promises and we make vows. And yet, like generations before and generations to come, we stray from those promises. And when we stray, we find that exile is not so far away. We take and we make baptismal vows. We welcome new members, and we vow friendship 
and service together. We vow to be committed to Jesus Christ and to be connected to one another, to the city, to our families, and to the world. We don't make and keep those vows so we stay out of exile, but our vows are what tether us to God and help keep us grounded. And when we wander, it's our being rooted in the promises that draw us back in to the fold. So there we were sitting in that hall over in Montgomery, sitting with our backs against the wall. And what we did is we found some good hope in the lectionary text from Ezekiel today, these verses 21 and 22, that tell us about what God will do. And God says this to us. I myself will take, I will set it, I will break, I will plant, I will produce, I will bear fruit through them, I will cause them to be noble for every kind. For every kind there will be shade and rest. For every kind there will be a nest, a home, and for every kind, there will be knowledge that I am God. This is God's yes to us. However far we wander in exile, however far we stray from our promises, God desires our return. If you take your bulletins out and look at the cover of them, Maybe you already noticed, but there's a banner at the bottom of the page. This is along the hallway in the infant nursery. We now sport a new hymnal that's purple. It's really not that new anymore, but we used to have the blue hymnal. We saved a few for art projects, and some of the pages of those old hymnals were stitched together into little books with a green thread that weaves them together. And on each book is a handprint and the name of a child that's been born in the year. Parents were invited to bring their babies to the nursery to capture their handprints on these stitched together booklets and also to take away a print to be framed for their home. This activity was a reminder of our vows, a reminder of how we are connected and a reminder of how we are committed not only to Jesus Christ, but to one another. Each of these children will have an opportunity to go through confirmation, to make commitments for themselves about who they believe that Jesus Christ is. And each of their parents will have opportunity after opportunity to have their faith tested when their now sweet little babies arrive into adolescent years. But each of us, we have an opportunity to teach, to coach, and to mentor these children. These are the promises that we make, and this is letting our yes be yes. This is how we are inextricably woven together and rooted together in Christ's work. 
This is how we know whose we are when we wander. And this is how we know that God always desires our return. To God be all the glory, now and forever. Amen.